Oh yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of Bad Language. New day, new time, same old bad guy. Yes, I am Brian Anthony Davis here from the Steel Curtain Network, a proud part of Fans First Sports Network. So what's up, Bad? Why are we doing this new time thing? I thought you were cozy at noon. Well, I was. Noon on Mondays was the spot for Bad Language for about two years. But decided to make a change and made a change with myself, basically. And I threw KT Smith in with me. So the feeling is we're going to throw in, here we go, the Steelers show now at noon, following up the great. And I tell you what, if you have not checked out Let's Ride Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays with Jeff Hartman, then you're missing out. But we're checking out Let's Ride. And then we're going to go straight into Here We Go. So you're going to get great analysis from Kevin Smith and my meanderings there as well. So bad language goes to Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. when it hits. When you're catching it, well, that's up to you. As long as you're catching it, I don't care. I appreciate it greatly. That's awesome if you do. I'm just thrilled that somebody wants to hear me between their speakers or however they're listening to me. I I can't believe it. When I was a kid, I never thought anybody would want to hear me speak at all. Interesting thing. If we go back 44 years or so, would you believe that I had an amazing stutter? I could barely speak. And speech therapy got me to where I needed to go, actually. It got me to the point where when I was... 18, I got my first radio job. And I've been speaking for a living in different ways ever since. So that's something I'm very proud of. I really am. So think of a little eight-year-old bad back in third and fourth grade with this hair. The hair's real. There's no plugs. But I had the 80s mullet going early on. Wasn't afraid to Wang Chung tonight. Really wasn't. But back then, I never Wang Harbs, though. That's a different. That's different. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm telling you all this. I'm just so glad to be here with you. And it's a blessing that you do check me out. And you check out. Steel Curtain Network for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. And there's going to be so much to talk about. It's Steelers Week. What, bad? Why are you saying it's Steelers Week? Look, for me, it's always Steelers Week on Steel Curtain Network. Yeah, I know it's Super Bowl week. And the Steelers are not in the Super Bowl. But if you notice, when you're hearing stuff from Radio Row, there's so much Steelers talk. And it's going to continue to happen. Now, 
the title of this show is going to be, I haven't put it out yet, how long can I go without saying a certain name? And it's not a bad name. It's just you've heard a lot of this name in the last week. So, so far I've gone four minutes and 24 seconds without saying this name. I think we're going to need to say it though, because it's what's going on. It's paramount on what's going on in Pittsburgh at this certain juncture. And I just talked about it being Super Bowl week. And how bad do you want a Super Bowl week when we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers? We have not had a chance to do that in 13 years. 2011 was the last time they ended up losing that game to the Green Bay Packers. We're going to talk more about the Super Bowl in the second half of the show as I unveil my new segment on my new day and my new time. It's time to play with the format a little bit. We're going to call it Bad Memories. And I am recording this show, Bad Language. Even though it's going to come out at 5 a.m., it is February 5th. When I'm recording this, I'm recording on a Monday night. Because I'm not getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to record this show. My voice sounds bad right now. I kind of feel like Phoebe on Friends who liked when she had a cold because her voice sounded better when she sang in Cafe Perk. Central Perk, not Cafe Perk. I always felt like that when my early days when I was a top 40 DJ in Johnstown, PA. I liked the way my voice sounded with a cold. I actually don't mind the way my voice sounds now, but it sounds different to you and I know it does. Because I have a little bit of a cold. I don't think it's a big deal. Feeling a little bit under, but it doesn't matter. When I'm talking about the black and gold, my spirits go up and my temperature rises in a good way. Not where it's where you're sticking a stick up your nose and uh, hoping it doesn't turn a different way and then you're quarantined and home for a while. Yeah, we're still doing that. So anyways, let's talk about how do you get the Steelers back to the Super Bowl? Well, it's simple. Actually, it's not. But the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of think it's simple. They think they're close. I don't think they're that wrong about being close. But it's so hard to realize how close you are because of the injury factor. In September, October, a good bit of November, the Philadelphia Eagles seemed like they were going to be on track this weekend. They got destroyed with injuries. Then they got to the point where they just didn't, know who they were anymore. I think they were a preseason pick. I think not only a preseason pick, I think they were a midseason pick too. Next thing you know, they're not even winning their own division. 
Hey, we've seen that with the Pittsburgh Steelers before too. This Eagles team was a lot like the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers. That team did win their division, finished 12 and four, but it was one of those seasons where they weren't that great at the end because they had all kinds of problems that just caught up. Sometimes you have luck going your way too. I'm not talking Oliver Luck. I'm not talking the Joy Luck Club. I'm not talking Andrew Luck. I'm not talking Lucky Charms, but luck goes a long way. And then when luck runs out, my gosh, it's a dirty trick. But the Pittsburgh Steelers feel they're close. Where do they feel they're closer, on offense or defense? Everybody's talking about offense and a certain change that they wanted. They wanted this change. And then when it happened, oh, that's just not an exciting pick. Funny story. I get heck for this all the time. When my daughter was born, she was born two weeks early. She wasn't late. She came early. and She was raring to go. My son, on the other hand, came out on his due date. And that's typical of both of their personalities. He's precise. It's his due date. I'm coming on my due date. That's what he knows. Her, she's like raring to go. I'm, I'm here and ready. But when she came, I looked at my wife. And I said, a horrible thing. I said, boy, she looks boring. She was only like an hour old. And I'm like, yeah, she doesn't look, she's not doing anything exciting. And if you've met my daughter, you know, she's very vibrant. She's more vibrant than what I am. She's fun. She's into adventure. She's into all kinds of things. And she's got a great personality. And I thought about that the other day. When I thought about the Pittsburgh Steelers hiring of 10 minutes, 31 seconds, Arthur Smith. Yep. It took me 10 minutes and 31 seconds to say it. And that's nothing against Arthur Smith. I think it's, I'm thrilled with it. Hey, if it wasn't for Arthur Smith's dad, I wouldn't have had some of the things that I had. My dad worked for FedEx. He retired from FedEx. Bad dad was a FedEx driver. You know, so, but the, it's not a sexy pick. Everybody thinks that Arthur Smith does not have personality to his offense. And now we have all these preconceived notions. Oh, all they're going to do is run the ball. You know they're not going to run the ball 90% of the time. Oh, they're just, they're going to ignore the wide receivers. You've been begging them to throw to tight ends. You want them to throw to Friar Muth. You get angry when Friar Muth get a target. Darnell Washington is not noticed in the end zone. Well, they're going to run so much that it's just going to be boring. You want them to hearken back to the days where they had a fullback. You might even be seeing Connor Hayward as a fullback. 
He did it in college. And that means he could catch the ball a lot too. My gosh, that would be an exciting fullback. You also might see Jalen Warren and Najee Harris in the same backfield. Something we're begging for as well. All these things that we're begging for is all the things that you get with Arthur Smith. But the problem is, he's just not exciting. He's got that Ted Lasso mustache. He just doesn't seem like the guy that anybody wants. I got to tell you, in my life, I don't care about exciting anymore. I used to. I care about getting the job done. I care about regularity. I care about those things. Oh, he's just conforming to what Mike Tomlin wants. That's the big Yenzer narrative this week. (laughs) Yeah, Mike Tomlin wants to win. Look, this team thought about this higher. They didn't really jump into it quick. But we want the flashy names. We want Eric Bieniemy, who's now on the market. Should have waited for Bieniemy. Didn't know he's going to get hired. Some people wanted Cliff Kingsbury. Could you imagine what would have happened if Cliff Kingsbury would have done to the Pittsburgh Steelers what he did to the Las Vegas Raiders? Oh, 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 oh. it would have went crazy. Oh, that would have been worth the price of admission right there. Sometimes smart is not going to get headlines like sexy does. Never does. But I was watching a first season episode of Big Bang Theory. And they said, hey, the nerds are the new jocks. It's kind of like that. I'm not calling anybody a nerd. What I'm saying is that it's kind of cool to be boring sometimes. But what you think is boring, you don't know until you find out. My wife reminds me all the time that Man, you thought she was boring. Yeah, because she was an hour old and I was an idiot. And I had no sleep. I was tired. That's hard work. Watching your wife go through labor. (laughs) I'm joking. Please don't hurt me. It kind of is. Give this guy a chance. Just like draft picks and mock drafts. Mock drafts don't mean anything. You know what I say? I say it a lot. There's two things you never trust. Never trust a fart and never trust a mock draft. Especially this early. Man, I think mock drafts should be banned until after free agency. Because everything changes then. Free agency is going to change everything. But if you want the Steelers to be different than what they were with Matt Canada, if you want them to not be predictable, but be stable, then the guy you think is boring, the guy you think is ho-hum, the guy is actually for you. 
You just don't know you want it yet. Sorry for the pause. Had to hit that cough button. But at least I didn't make you hear me cough, right? Here's the thing. One last thing. I've had a lot of women tell me this over the years. Sometimes we're dumb too. Guys are dumb. I say it all the time. If you're a guy and you don't think you're dumb, you could be a really smart guy, but you're dumb with some things, especially when it comes to relationships. But women feel like they're smarter in relationships the second time around. They go for the bad boy first. They go for the exciting guy. And this is not my words. This is their words. Then how many times do you see when they're older, they go for the stable guy. And they realize that could be really exciting going with the stable guy too. I'm not talking about working with horses. So I really think the Arthur Smith thing is kind of cool to figure out because he is the guy that is unpredictable but he's going to do it in a stable way but he's going to surprise you just like when you find out that your dad stayed out all night to get Guns N' Roses tickets back in 1992 at Three River Stadium when you find out that he broke in to another fraternity house from another school to steal their mascot. When you found out that he and his buddies got drunk and busted into a chariot race in college. When you find out all that, you're like, wow. I didn't know they were that cool. Because they're stable when they need to be stable, and they're fun when they need to be fun. Maybe that's Arthur Smith. We will be back right after this. We are going to take a break. It is Bad Language. I'm Brian Anthony Davis. Stick around. This is bull. We are back. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This is Bad Language. New time. Nay. Yeah, we're a Tuesday show now for Bad Language. That's pretty good because I like the fact that here we go, the Steeler show is another chance to talk about games 
closer to when they were performed. And that's what we're doing with HWG. TSS. Nobody calls it that. But I'm trying to be cool. So I'm trying it that way. And then Bad Language is a comment show. But I was talking to my good friends, Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield. And I said, I want bad language to continue to be fresh and off the cuff. And just a conversation. And that's when Jeff said, hey, why don't you talk about some of your memories? Talk about memories all the time. Look, I'm not an X's and O's guy, and everybody knows that. But I have an extensive library in my head of Pittsburgh Steelers games. And if you're watching this on a video short, and you see behind me, you're going to see the ones you can see right now. You can see a figurine of... Jerome Bettis and Alan Fanica and Casey Hampton and Joey Porter and Troy Palomalo. Other guys are on there too. And it's a statue of the Pittsburgh Steelers from Super Bowl 40. Happened on this date that I'm recording. And I'm recording on Monday, the 5th, 2024. So 18 years ago was one of the greatest days of my fan life. And it was a beautiful day. Because I've been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan a long time. My parents, well, they bred me to be a Steelers fan. And when you're growing up in Western Pennsylvania, and I grew up in Johnstown, PA, I feel like I'm from Pittsburgh, though. Johnstown was was only 60-some miles from Pittsburgh. But there were back roads to get there, so it still took an hour and 15, hour and a half. But I went there a lot. Remember my first game with my dad. I remember my first Pirates game. I remember my first Steelers game. I remember my first Penguins game. My first Steelers game was December 5th. Of 1982. Bradshaw threw a 75-yard bomb to John Stallworth. It was great. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I My birthday is December 3rd, so I got these tickets for my birthday. They had no idea I was going. I got a glass from Arby's. You hear me talking about Arby's a lot. I got a Steelers glass from Arby's that day, too. <laughs> it's just so many memories. I... Things stick out in my mind a whole lot easier. And the reason February 5th, 2006 was great, the lead up to that Super Bowl was awesome. I was divorced in 2003. Then I found my future wife in 2005. And so many things happened. Well, the Steelers had that up and down season. I'm married to a very superstitious woman. And she was not 
a sports fan whatsoever. Her dad followed the Washington Redskins back then. She was casual. She had friends that were Philadelphia Eagles fans. We live in Maryland, so she had Ravens fans. I mean, heard of the Steelers, but I educated her on the Steelers. She knew I was a fan. She knew how passionate I was about it. She, when we started talking, the Steelers went on a three-game losing streak. She thought that she was jinxing me, and I was going to realize that. <laughs> Couldn't be further from the truth. She helped get me through those three losses. Oh, they were ugly losses too. Baltimore, at Baltimore. Then, oh my goodness, it was a debacle on Monday Night Football against the Colts. They got destroyed. I think it was 28-3. to Something like that. But Ike Taylor got burned right away in that game. And then, of course... You had the T.J. Hushmanzada terrible towel moment as the Bengals barely beat the Steelers at Heinz Field that year. That was in December. That was, I think that was December 5th, if I'm not mistaken. It's right after my birthday. So a lot of things happened. And then Bill Cower came out and said, all right. We're on a one game season. Basically eight times. If we're going to win this thing. And they had to win eight straight games. They started with Chicago. Then they had Minnesota. Then they had Cleveland. And that was the James Harrison game where he body slammed a fan. And then the final game was on January 1st, 2006. And I took my wife there. She wasn't my wife yet. But I took her there on New Year's Day for her first Steelers experience. And she started watching these games at home without me. And started watching them win. And she wore the same tracksuit or or whatever it was. It was brown and pink. I just remember that. And so she would, she washed it. She's not that, she's not dirty. But she would wear it every week. And she would do the same things every week. So I took her to the game and she wore that. And that was the Jerome Bettis game when he had three touchdowns. The fans are chanting one more year. I look over, she's crying. And I found out that this woman loves what I love so much that it's brought her to tears. That's a reason to celebrate. Then we got even more superstitious. We spent every night before the game together. And then I would travel back and watch the game myself. So I actually didn't watch the Super Bowl with her that year. I went off my routine a little bit. I watched it with my parents and went back to Johnstown. 
to watch that game with them. And they won for the first time in 26 seasons. First time in the Super Bowl in 10 seasons. And it was a long time coming. And it felt so good. A lot of people have said that the second game in the playoffs there against Indianapolis felt like the Super Bowl. Jeff Hartman just said that last week. And I agree, but nothing was quite like that excursion in Detroit. All of that. There are so many things that happened on that run. But when they got to that game, something didn't feel right. And it looked like Seattle was going to take off. People talk about the referees all the time in that game. And that's a narrative that kind of drives me crazy. If you're not a Steeler fan, you're going to say, well, the refs handed you that game. There were some plays that went in the Pittsburgh Steelers' favor. There were some that went in Seattle's favor. It seemed like more in the Steelers' favor, and I'll take that. But they also made plays. I could still hear Bill Hillgrove saying, this place is a Steelers maniac haven when Willie Parker ran for a record 75-yard touchdown run. Still stands, by the way. I can still see Ben Roethlisberger getting a touchdown that everybody thinks wasn't a touchdown. But what they forget about that play, that was third and goal when he got the touchdown. If they didn't allow it, they were going to go again. And you know Ben was going to get in. They were closer. When they'd allow him to sneak the ball, he was golden. They just didn't do it a lot in later years. It was weird. But that was different OCs. I remember Randall L in that game with that touchdown pass, which was kind of fitting because he was a quarterback. I remember Heinz Ward's great day. This I remember more than anything. Ike Taylor had an interception. Ike Taylor was one of the best defensive backs in Pittsburgh Steeler history, but never went to a Pro Bowl. Why? Because he didn't have the hands for it. He didn't have interceptions. But he had a big interception that game. That was special. And I remember thinking, ooh, this thing could fall apart when Ben threw that interception. And it went back the other way. It wasn't a pick six, but it went back the other way. A long way. But the Steelers were on the doorstep there, too. Where that game ended 21 to 10, it very easily could have been 28 to 3. Very easily. There were so many things that happened in that game. And one thing, I am not a Ben Roethlisberger apologist. I won't be. But everybody talks about how horrible of a game Ben had. But Ben made things happen in that game. And Ben got them where they needed to be. And they were not in the Super Bowl without Ben. But they don't win that Super Bowl without Ben Roethlisberger either. Even though he statistically did not have a good game, 
he did enough things better than he did worse. I'll never forget Willie Parker in that game, though. Oh, my gosh. This place is a Steelers maniac haven. So, funny story. My future brother-in-law, we were at his house. And I'm estranged from him now. We don't talk. But he said, oh, I forgot you were a Steeler fan. Some tickets came across my desk. I could have given them to you. And I was sick to my stomach. Actually, we weren't at his house. We were at my in-law's house. Because the thing is, if you know me, my first go-to is, who's your team? And then I start talking about the Steelers. And he was a Ravens fan. And he offered me tickets to that game. But he didn't have them anymore. He said, oh, yeah, they're still on my desk. They're just going to waste. Nobody took them. And I was sick. And I'm like, all right, how can you get them? Oh, I'll make a call. And he never, I, I know he never did. He said, well, the game's in Detroit. You can't get there. I'm like, it's six o'clock on set. The game's in 24 hours. I have a car. I can get to Detroit. I can grab a buddy. I'm going to take you. But I never got him. I watched the game with my parents instead and my sister, and it was it was fun. And a year before, I was dating a different girl. And she was the controlling type. And I said that if the Steelers ever win the Super Bowl, I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm going to get the hypocycloids. I'm going to get the logo. And she was absolutely not. There's no way you're getting a tattoo. You, I will not allow it. And I was like, whoa, 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 Missy Elliott. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If I want to get a tattoo, I'm going to get a tattoo. Well, the Steelers lost that year in the AFC Championship game, which I was at, to New England. So it was all for not, not anyways. And I, I kind of uh, kept on talking that I would get a tattoo anyways during that whole 2004 run Ben's rookie season because she told me I couldn't I wasn't dating her I was I just told you I was dating somebody different and eventually my wife so the Super Bowl ends I haven't talked about this tattoo for a year my sister looks at me and says I knew they were going to win I have the place picked out for you you can go get your tattoo. You're going in March. I have an appointment for you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get a tattoo. And then she stopped me in my tracks by saying, wait a second. You always preach about keeping your word. And then she started going on and I said, stop. All right. You're right. You called me out. 
I'm getting it. I'm not a tattoo guy. I have those hypocycloids on my shoulder till this day. If I'm at a pool, people are like, you Steelers fan? I'm like, God, I hope so. If not, I've got the wrong team on my shoulder. But that game has so many memories for me. I hope it does for you. Was it the most exciting Super Bowl? No. It absolutely was not an exciting Super Bowl unless you were a Steelers fan. For the rest of the football world, it wasn't. But if you bled black and gold, it was glorious. And it was for me. So that's one of my favorite Super Bowl moments. And I'll actually say even more of a favorite moment than Super Bowl 43, which was one of the most exciting Super Bowls in history. But this was better. And why was this better? Because the drought was over. We could finally sing again about the Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers. And I went to the parade. I went by myself because I couldn't get anybody to go with me. And it didn't matter. I partied and reveled with Steelers fans. And I watched that parade. Because you know what? I did not want that moment to pass by and me miss it because somebody wouldn't go with me when I was capable of enjoying it by myself, and I did. I ended up meeting up with friends later. But what a glorious time. I'm calling this segment Bad Memories, but my God, were they good. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from the Steel Curtain Network, part of Fans First Sports Network. This is and was another episode of Bad Language. And as always, I ain't apologizing for nothing.